Hi, Creepsters. I'm Barry Marino. And I'm Philip Landry. This is Open Shutters. Scary ghosts, creepy serial killers, all things that go bump in the night. Enjoy the view from the open shutters. <laughs> hey, Philip, what's up? Oh, I'm feeling fat and happy, and you know why. Yeah, because we just say that rocking colors. Anybody who's not from New Orleans. We have to explain to you, Rafki and Carlos can only be seen, has to be seen to be has believed. Has to be experienced. It's an experience all its own. It's a restaurant, they've been open since 1965, and they own by, they were opened by a, um, a family of Italian immigrants, a family of Sicilian immigrants. And uh, Mr. Rocky, the old man, died in, what was it, I think it was 2007 or something like that, at, um the age of 93 and now his son Tommy who's a little older than me because remember I told him my age and he told me <laughs> he called me a baby or something like that yep. so obviously he's a little older than me but he's uh, he's running it now and it's it's known for now people New Orleanians are going to know this but people who aren't from New Orleans like like our sister podcast Justin's uh, Justin and Shaughnessy if you ever come down here we have to take you there it's got and don't make sure you're not you know you forget about any diet or anything when you eat at this place. Yeah, be ready to eat. There are they they their big specialties are baked macaroni. Uh, they also known for the veal cutlet, and oh god, the potato salad's to die for, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I basically got like a shrimp po' boy. And the, I had to get some potato salad on the side. The potato salad was good. I got a small potato salad, but it was... It was I good. got all... You ain't got a large potato salad, which was a huge... Por- and what I did is I just got three portions of side dishes. I got the large potato salad. The lo- I, was, I ordered the small baked macaroni, but they gave me the large one anyway. And... Um, and the eggplant dressing. Oh, oh it smells so good. The God. eggplant dressing has such a good smell. Oh, off it's, of it. it's just an eggplant and with hamburger meat, and it's just the seasoning. And uh, some of the other things are good. Is they, the, you, you know, that one of the things they're famous for is bouchelouni. And anybody who grew up Italian knows what bouchelouni is. What it is is it's, it's it's a steak with garlic and tomatoes, and then it's tied up with a string and cooked into. The spaghetti sauce or the red gravy, as we oh, call it. In <laughs> it is pretty damn awesome, actually. So yeah, we're feeling we're feeling nice and stuffed right now. Oh yeah, and we brought some home. I I got that big thing of potato salad because I knew that I wanted to bring some home because I knew I would want some later, and that's something I put in my refrigerator. Really and it's gonna still be delicious. That potato salad was one of the closest ones to my mom's. Yeah, mine too. It's uh. I never care for mustard in potato salad. No, I hate. I hate when the. I'm sorry if some of y'all like that out there, but I hate when the potato salad looks super yellow. Unless it's egg whites from the hard boiled egg that makes it yellow. Uh, yeah, maybe, but really, you shouldn't <laughs> be having. You should. You, it should be. It should. 
It should not look yellow. Yeah, I'm not too crazy about yellow potato salad. I don't like mustard in potato Don't salad. hate me. Now, I like, me. I like eggs. I like it. My mom used to put eggs and onions, and I don't know if she put garlic. Oh, you got much. a little egg. A little, uh, yeah. yeah, they had some hard-boiled egg in this. And onions, and um, she would put pickles, and she also put... Some people put a little celery. Olives. Home. She would put whole olives in there. Not the ones with the pit. They had to be pitted. Cause oh, no, no, no. You can't have no pits. on them pits. Have people choking. And you're choking or breaking their teeth or whatever. But anyway, uh, and with it, Curtis got the stuffed bell peppers, which is another one of their delights. That look good, It's too. made with shrimp. Oh, yeah. Mmm. God, even though I'm full. And he had the potato salad. We all had the potato salad. We all had the potato salad is to die for. I got my biggest recommendation. And it's been (laughs) that way. Look, I've been going to this restaurant since I was a child. Like I said, they opened in 1965. We went there to get food on the night of Hurricane Betsy. And when (laughs) Mr. Rocky ran that place, he was there. It used to be open from like 6 o'clock in the morning for the breakfast crowd, you know, all the people who worked at the Kaiser Aluminum plant that was open back then would come there for breakfast, and he was open all the way to, like, 1 o'clock in the morning for all of you know, the partiers that were coming from the quarter. <laughs> and I, I don't think, I, 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 he must have gone home and taken a nap. That man worked like that, and he lived to be 93 years old. There you go. Now, they don't, they, now the son... Tommy, if you're listening, you're a cool guy, and I understand, but you don't do it like your dad did. He did. They have it closed on Sundays and Mondays, which I don't know. I understand people wanting to be off on Sunday, but Sunday used to be. I have some of my best memories was was getting food from there on a Sunday, because we used to order this big old amount of food. My brothers liked the bell peppers. I liked the veal cutlet, and my mom would always get a big side, big portion of potato salad, and that. That eggplant dressing. And, um, oh, we'd, we'd like eat for a week on this. It was so good. There's Curtis right over there. He's still, he is, oh, he's, he's still wobbling from all the food he ate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, Rocky and Carlos is in Chalmette, Louisiana, which is east of, of, um, of New Orleans. And uh, we, uh, Rocking Hollows has been there, like, they still have a, 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 on the window, the front window, it says, ladies invited. Because back when the place first opened, they had to put that to show that it was a family restaurant. Yes. Otherwise, they would think it was a saloon. And they wanted everybody to know, you know, you can bring your family here. But saying ladies invited meant ladies and children invited. And I, some of my best memories of that place was the jukebox. I remember playing Archie Sugar Sugar. Yes. And Lynn yes. Anderson's Rose Garden. I beg your pardon. Yes. <laughs> I never promised you a rose garden. All right. Nobody said I was a singer. <laughs> so anyway, uh, yeah, and I loved, um, oh, God, it's just, I have so many childhood memories from that place. All the way, going all the way back to, like, the fourth grade, third or fourth grade. So anyway, rocking Carlos, Chalmette, Louisiana. All right, what else we need to talk about today? What we watched and what oh, we've seen. Oh yeah, we, we we you watched them this week, huh? Well, we're gonna talk about it in a moment. Okay, we want to talk about the movies we kind of saw this past week. Oh yeah, the, yeah. So yeah. Uh, just unholy. yesterday we saw Unholy. Yes, and it's uh, we don't want to give too many spoilers what it's about, but 
what I got out of it was it was really showed some of the dangers of cult mentality. All I want to say is, all right, Mary. (laughs) (laughs) It was, yeah, it was about someone, um, just a simple little thing that turned into this big, giant cult. Pretty much. Yeah. We really don't want to give anything away. If y'all like things, horror films that kind of have like uh, a basis sort of with the Catholic Church sort of deal. Yeah. What's going on? If y'all enjoyed those kind of horror films before, you'll definitely enjoy this one. And the three of us just started watching Irregulars, which is really good. I've only seen, what? how many episodes did we see? Three? It was three, huh? Yeah. Yeah, I think we had mentioned that previously. Doesn't want to be yeah. heard on the air, but he's just not. Yeah. Here. Yeah. Once again, yeah. Once again, that's the one with with the Sherlock Holmes stuff, but it yes. has like a paranormal sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, me and my partner went and saw a movie this weekend. Y'all are supposed to go see it. Hopefully next weekend. Yeah. Is in the earth. Yeah, I heard that. Um, that's really good. It's an interesting horror film. I'm not going to give anything away. Uh, to kind of give you an idea, you gotta kind of be into sort of those art film kind of horror films. Uh, the closest thing recently I can kind of compare it to is possibly Midsummer. Yeah. All that, but it's really, it really, it is its own thing. So if y'all are into that, go check it out. Definitely. Now we want to talk about though. I finally got to go watch the show that Barry had mentioned on a. On a previous episode, yeah, them. I watched that last. I week. I binged the whole thing. I watched them. All the Ellen one day. <sighs> Pretty close, I think it was. Or I split it only by. Like, oh, I think what? we we went over two days. Yeah, it might have been two days, but it was addictive. It was addi- once you started, it was like, oh my goodness. I know, and they had some characters in that that you just want to you want to reach in that screen and strangle we're, them. Like I said, we're not going to spoil it for people now. Because it's just came out, but we might even do a bonus episode down the road on them after it's been out a little while. Yeah, yeah. Um, just because it brings up a lot of topics and and a lot of topics centered around uh, race in America. I want to point out a couple of the performances. In that. Yes, that's fine. Yeah, yeah. Just as long as we don't we spoil, spoil um, it for others. Well, one of them, the, the lead. Uh, what's her name here? Um, the lady that played Lucky. Yeah, the one that played Lucky. I what? don't see her on this. Wait, she? They can't be. They do not have her on the cat. Wait, why they do not have? This one is for, that's weird, isn't it? Wait, um, uh, let's see. Maybe, maybe we we look at the Wikipedia page. Okay. And tell us. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that she is. A, oh, uh, that she is. That's her name. Okay. Yeah, her name is um, Deborah Alarine. How you pronounce that? Iorine. yeah. I'm sorry if we're getting it wrong. She, okay, she deserves to be nominated for an Emmy. Yes, a lot, the, a lot the of that girl, show deserves Emmys. The girl, Not just the cast, a lot of things, writing, a lot of, a lot of Emmys are deserved. Uh, Alison Pill is another one that really deserves an Emmy. Emmys, Golden uh, Globes, uh, she everything. Probably, her role would probably be in the supporting category, I would say, because she wasn't... The absolute lead, the way Deborah was. I mean, and the reason we're saying all this, it's not the acting is great, but the overall justice production. And this little girl is amazing. Shalini Wright Joseph, that plays the Ruby, and it excellent, really good. And the way that this horror 
this horror series, this show, really gives a reflection of the feeling, the pain caused by the racism in America. And it's, it's really funny. powerful. And I will tell you. Really I, powerful. I, my hat goes off to the, uh, the white actors that were willing to play these roles because as an actor myself, I don't know if I could play that. It would really have... I, you know, I, 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 you know, I want people to like me. I'm not going to spoil anything. I'm not going to say which episode. I'm not going to spoil anything. But what I want to say is, this show caused me to have a reaction I rarely have. Yeah, it was like, like where you literally shudder and shake. Yeah. Like, I, I almost I wanted to cry, but I was so horrified I was actually shaking. It's yeah, shaking. Which, if Barry knows, I don't do that. I, I laugh at a lot of horror films. Like, I was laughing during Unholy at the movie. Like, yeah. there was no laughter in them. No. There was nothing I could laugh at. I literally was like, but there is a certain scene in a certain episode. I will not tell you because I want you to go watch it. But I was, like, horrified to the point of shit. Oh, if it's the same scene I'm thinking about? It I, is the worst I scene. I still keep a warning on, at the beginning of that episode when you get to I, it. I, I, I... When I first saw that scene, when I first saw that scene, I, I'm still think about it. I, I still have trouble not not thinking about and it. And even though, as much as I didn't like the feeling I had, that's what makes the show compelling. Is because it puts you in the place of that pain that was really caused in America. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it you know that's it's done in it's in period, and it also has some flashback. Yeah, it's in period. Mo- most of it's in the nineteen fifties, but there is some flashbacks to the forties and even farther back. Yeah, and it, yeah, and there's also uh, there's also a thing that happens, and it happens to one of the villains that proves that everything isn't always what it seems. One of the one of the one of the villains actually makes a really bad lapse in judgment you know the scene i'm talking about you know the story towards the end oh yeah a really seriously bad lapse in judgment yeah so what else going on what else we talking about today well since we're talking about race we've got to talk about what's in the news Oh yeah, we got, yeah. We can't get around this one. I don't like to talk a whole lot about political stuff and about. But this is legal. This stuff. is straight up legal. But uh, the, the um, Derek Chauvin, the verdict. verdict, the verdict, yeah. And I think it was the only verdict anybody could have come to. Yeah, I mean, I actually, honestly, I mean, the the prosecution did an amazing job. I actually had watched not all of it, but I had watched a good bit of uh, the prosecution. I actually would not watch the. Um, the, I could not watch the defense's side because that lawyer just pissed me off. I can't watch that defense video. lawyer. That defense lawyer was an ass. Yeah. Okay, that's all I'm gonna say about him. But the prosecution did an amazing job, and in all honesty, they were saying the reason they did such a good job is even if you took out all the emotional witnesses and you just looked at the professional ones, uh-huh. that was like say just if you looked at the EMTs, the doctors. The uh, pol- other police officers, what they said was so compelling against well, him of, mm-hmm. the about that there this, was no other verdict but what a, a lot guilty, of, guilty, guilty. A lot of police officers that I've spoken to have said that you know how you know everybody talks about the good old boy and the cops don't 
you know, they, they never go against each other and that kind of thing. But this was a different case because this was cold-blooded murder. Yeah. This wasn't shooting somebody because he had a cell phone in his hand and I thought it was a gun or something like that. This was, uh, you know, somebody was running from them, uh, you know, anything like that. This was cold-blooded, just downright murder. And I hope the sentence, I hope we don't get a judge who's trying to, Soft soap would happen and gives them I hope like, like not. they did with the Matthew Shepard got kids, you know. I hope not. And 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 I would say I think the the jury has definitely done their job. Yeah, the prosecution did their job, and I like what the prosecution said though. Before the jury had deliberated, they had told the jury, "You can believe your eyes." Yeah. And to the young, uh, was her name Daniela, the young lady who filmed it? I think it is Daniela yeah. was the name. To her, um, you, you, um, you did provide a service. Yes, you did, and I'm really glad. With some, in some ways, all these cameras everywhere is intrusive, and some people may find it a little bit, maybe even unconstitutional. But then, on the other hand, the bad guys aren't getting away with. But stuff in this instance, yes, it helped in this instance. And I get really tired of some people when the police commit a crime; they're ready to to automatically, without any, you know, just a knee-jerk reaction, that the cop's right. And they'll also, I've even had some people try to bring up a past record of George Floyd. Well, you know, he had this record, he did this, he robbed this place, he did make it. I'm like, it doesn't matter. It does not matter what he did in the past or what kind of record he had. He was still a human being. He was... Helpless on the ground, right. and somebody stepped on his throat for ten minutes. It took the man ten minutes to die. I'm getting into the mode I was about Camille last week. Huh? <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, but our hearts do continue, even though people are celebrating the verdict. We have to remember for the family of George Floyd. It, it, they do understand the celebration, but they're still going to carry the pain. Mm-hmm. He's not coming back. No. No, he's not. And this So guy, let's let's hope that this isn't just a momentary thing. The only just, but this, uh, there is actually more change to come. I might, I might sound like some hawkish eye for an eye person, but I think this ver- the sentence for this guy should be somebody stepping on his neck for ten minutes. That's Sadly, I though, I think the country's moving from capital punishment. Well, now, so we won't get into all that, though. Yeah, <laughs> but, but you want to tell you something. If it was a black cop that did that to a white person, oh, well, you, well, the right, the political right, would be screaming from the we hilltops. That. We do know that yeah. for the death penalty. Yeah. Okay, so where are we now? What are we talking talk about? Some, Talk about death. Obits. Obits. Got you Well, speaking of politics, we have the ex-vice president and champion of liberal politics, Walter Mondale, died at 93. But, of course, the most powerful thing for him, though, he's going to be remembered for, is the fact that he had the bravery, the wherewithal, the, the knowledge that he actually, before even other people would, he was willing to put a woman as his running mate. Right, he had the first. And that's probably, we got, and the only reason I'm kind of cutting in is I really we have to look at how powerful that is. This man realized that. 
before and he, he had to and he had the, the the guts to go up against an extremely poli- popular president at the time Ronald Reagan yeah and they didn't see that happen for another 20 something years until John McCain decided to put um a woman yeah, Sarah, Palin. Sarah Palin yeah so not it, the greatest choice no but but, still but we have to still look at that in the framework is Walter Mondale was a, was a pioneer in that and he was about he was a um he was the vice president under Jimmy Carter, and he um, he also he ran he was he was 1984 Democratic yeah. Democratic candidate against Ronald Reagan, which was really a you know it, 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 he won one state I think. I think it was like an uphill battle he, from, the, just, from the get go. Yeah, from the get go, no there was no way. For some reason, Ronald Reagan was extremely popular. I think a lot of it had to do with the fact he was an actor and it made him very charismatic. And then like 10 years later, we saw the same thing with Bill Clinton. And then 10 years after that, we saw the same thing with uh, with Barack Obama. Not so much that, I mean, neither one of those two were actors, but they were stars. And so was Ronald Reagan and so was JFK. You know, we um, even to a certain point, I hate to admit this, Donald Trump too. Yeah, he had the... He, he had a well, celebrity, celebrity. I mean, they, they, he was a celebrity president, just like, just like those other three that I mentioned. So, okay, rest in peace, Walter Mondale died at ninety-three. So, okay, who's our next one? Uh, Hester Ford? Hester Ford. Hester Ford, the oldest living American. She died at the age of one hundred fifteen or one hundred sixteen. One hundred sixteen, they said. Because I'm yeah. not sure what exactly her birth date. Was. Who, who cares? You make it one hundred fifty. You are a super super senior at that point. <laughs> you deserve. <laughs> you deserve recognition at that point. Yes, you do. You're about to see. I'm trying to. Oh no! It's not coming out. But yeah, that's that's pretty powerful. I mean, who's who else can? But this is the interesting thing, though. I think we're going to see. We're going to see people in this century go far beyond that, in this century. Not everybody, but I'm going to say we're going to see a lot more people making into the 120s. Yeah, pretty soon. Pretty soon. So uh, Hester Ford was a North Carolina woman who grew up picking cotton. And got married at 14 and went on to become the oldest living American with more than 120 great-grandchildren. And according to her family, she died peaceful in her home. Now, she was either 115 or 116, depending on which census report is accurate. At this point, I'm giving her 116. <laughs> yeah, really. She made it. Either way, she was the oldest living American when she died in Charlotte on yeah. Saturday. Definitely rest in peace. She had a great long life. So yes, yeah, she 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 did, a, she did a lot. Ah, rest in peace. You had a long good life. I hope that I live half that long. All right, our next one is um, Alma Wahlberg. Yep. The mother of Donnie and Mark Wahlberg, um, who was formerly known as Marky Mark, and then he became a movie star, and now he's Mark Wahlberg. Y'all might have remember him from what? Uh, Boogie Nights. And uh, he's on something. Is he on some TV show? Or Gosh, he's been on. The best part, though, is for Mark Wahlberg. He's become so meme worthy with that meme taken from the happening. 
Oh yeah. The one about the plants putting out the nerds. They made that meme out of his face. That one. That one still from that movie. But yeah, that's that's tough. That that's gonna be tough for the family. I mean, as it was a regular on their reality series, the Wahlbergs and her other son Donnie Wahlberg. His well, his his early fame. He was a member of a very popular boy band. I remember this. And you may, you probably were little when they go, the, the new kids on the block. Yeah. And I remember they were in all those little teeny bopper magazines. Donnie, Donnie was always the rebel of the band, and he was always the one I knew that was going to move on. He used to burn hotel rooms and go around barefoot and stuff like that, you know, the kind of rebellious stuff that. You know, it's funny because Teeny Boppers, when I was that age, was like Donny Osmond and David Cassidy. And Donny Osmond, you know, <laughs> goody, goody, Mr. Mr. Moral Mormon. And David Cassidy, you know, squeaky clean Partridge family. Of course, <laughs> of course I had this giant crush on that one. And he... Uh, well, who didn't at that era? <laughs> well, what? you know what? He, he did a new pictorial photo. Rolling Stone magazine, they didn't show anything, just like the start of his pubic hair. And that was enough to, like, eh, this 14 year old boy here, you know? <laughs> oh, lost. Yeah. So then we got Donnie Wahlberg, who's wearing hotel rooms and, and, you know, just punching out paparazzi and that kind of thing. But he's good. He's, but he's gone, grown into be, being a very good actor, too. He's on Blue Bloods. But their mother really looked after all of them. Yeah. And, and I think she was and, an actress and she had, also, wasn't she? Yeah, but they, she's a, she was definitely an integral part of them all becoming who they became, you know? Yeah. So She said English muffin pizzas were among her creations to feed her hungry lot. <laughs> that's a lot of churn. That's grown she boys. a lot of kids, yeah. Bless them. Rest Eight in, children. Yeah. And she actually had nine children because her daughter Debbie died in 2003. So rest in peace, Alma. Yeah, rest in peace, Alma. Thank, and thank you for giving you, giving us those boys. They really have have entertained as well. All right, we're going to go on. This one now is somebody that, okay, if you like, watch a lot of reruns on MeTV or whatever it's on, Decades, whatever channel, on one of those nostalgia channels, it's Felix Silla, cousin, he was Cousin It on the Adams Family, the TV show back in the 60s. He also um, was in a movie called The Blackbird, which was a sequel to The Maltese Falcon. And uh, he died on April 16th at the age of 684. And his cause of death was cancer. And... Uh, Anybody you remember Cousin It? You've you, you seen Oh, them? yeah. Who doesn't I mean, remember Cousin It? I mean, you could see those You could see those episodes on, I believe it's on, what, Amazon Prime now? I think so. Yeah. And, you know, well, it's iconic. It's like the monsters, you know, like I Love Lucy. There are certain shows that stand, withstand the, the, the test of time, and I would say I Love Lucy. To a certain extent, The Honeymoon is, but I think The Honeymoon is being rediscovered now, and that's pretty cool because it had kind of faded out for a while. And um, you also have um, I Love Lucy, The Honeymooners, I'll say, uh, Adam's Family, The Monsters, Gilligan's Island, uh, Brady Bunch, and Golden Girls. 
those that still have audiences years after they were canceled. Well, yeah. So anyway, rest in peace, Cousin It. And we have one more. This man is uh, Jim Steinman. He's a songwriter, and he's known for these big power ballads from the 70s and 80s and 90s. Yeah. His his first big success was with Meatloaf, was Bad Out of Hell. He wrote the music for that entire album, including songs like Two Out of Three Ain't Bad and Paradise by the Dashboard Lights. He also wrote, he also worked uh, in the 80s with Bonnie Tyler. He wrote her number one hit, Total Eclipse of the Heart. I love that song. And uh, what was the other one? that um, Holding Out for a Hero. That was her other hit that day. He also worked along with Michael Jackson on Thriller with the Eagles in Hotel California. I got to mention something about the Total Eclipse of the Heart. You know that that was like the biggest download just a few a couple of years ago uh-huh. when they had the uh, solar eclipse. And we're going to have another solar eclipse in 2024, so you know there's going to be a resurgence of that song again. Now... What's his name? Uh, uh, they Meatloaf. actually had her on. Wait, they had her on a cruise ship off the uh, off the coast of what was it, South Carolina or whatever. The Carolina. Bonnie Tyler. Yeah, for the end of the uh, of the uh, solar eclipse, they had her singing the song "Total Eclipse" on, uh, on the little cruise ship. I can, yes. On the cruise ship, <laughs> and then uh, another one of her biggest uh, hits. Well, he he worked with Meatloaf again in 1993. I'll do anything but love, with love, but I won't do that. I love and that also, song. Also, the Celine Dion song, It's All Coming Back to Me Now. Those are all powerful songs. All of these are all power, power ballads, some great music. It's a shame we lost this man. And he was only 73. He still could have had more years of songwriting in him. And we have to realize these songs aren't just about when they're times, but they've influenced so many movies, used in movies. And so. They've influenced different moments in people's lives. I mean, these songs are going to live con- way classics. past. These songs will be here yeah. when we're gone. These, exactly. These are they're, uh, they're all-time classics. Every song that I mentioned, from bad, uh, from uh, Two Out of Three Ain't Bad to Paradise for the Dashboard Lights, all of those songs to Celine Dion's It's All Coming Back to Me Now. I mean, I still, I still know all the words to every song. I used to love Paradise by the Dashboard Lights, but it's eight minutes long. <laughs> but it was, it's all about teenage sex. Right? The whole thing. Yeah, she's saying, will you love me forever? We're kind of sleep on it. And then he finally agrees, I'm going to love you till the end of time. So by the end of time, both of them, obviously, they got pregnant and had a baby. They said, I'm waiting for the end of time so I can get away from you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, okay, where are we on now? You got some well, You want to tell them about the Patreon account? Oh, yeah. Let's talk about the Patreon account. We have... um. We gotta have some bonus content. We actually been gonna be recording a bonus episode after this recording about the history of Storyville, but that one's gonna be published. It's actually gonna get published today, Wednesday, Thursday, 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 April twenty second. This one's gonna be published on Sunday. I gotta get the date here. Oh. Uh, don't you just hate when you have to put that little number in to open your, your phone? Sunday the 25th, the episode you're listening to now is being, being going to be published. And uh, But we have our next episode. It's a bonus episode, so there won't be any horoscopes or obits or anything. We just go straight to the source. Right. And it's going to be about the history of the Red Light District Storyville in New Orleans. Now, our Patreon account is www.patreon.com. 
facebook.com uh, uh, forward slash open shutters. And we need, we just bought this new laptop and we really need support. And it's going to come with uh, early access to the episodes. Like if you listen, if, if you, you know, today we're recording this today. You could, if you were a member, you could listen to this episode when it first comes out, when we first do it. Because it usually goes a few days. And there's going to be some bonus episodes we're going to be recording next week. One of them is the, um, the, the history of pornography. And we're also going to, well, we, we're going to be, up, we're going to be recording the history of prostitution tonight, right? But that's going to be on the Patreon. Yes. And, uh, and next week we, we have a new feature. We're going to be doing a uh, movie review that kind of coincides with our theme. Like we did last week, it started when you know Jessica Walter died and we decided to do Play Misty for Me. And um, so I decided, I said, let's do one. So this, this month's review is going to be Pretty Baby with Brooke Shields and Susan Sarandon and Keith Carradine. And next month, uh, our, our uh, series is called Mama Mia. It's about murderous moms and family stuff. We're going to have a bonus episode on the actresses Betty Davis and Joan Crawford and the two books their daughters wrote about them. And we're going to do a movie that week is going to be Orphan, one of my favorites. Yes. A movie for that series. So anyway, we have uh, we have three tiers on our Patreon account. They're named after notorious New Orleans people. There's Antoinette Frank is the entry level. We have, which is, she's, I believe it's, is she $5 a yeah, month? So. Then we have $10 a month as the Axeman, which gives you a little bit more content. But the great, the big one is Madame Lare, which is $24 a month. I know that's, I, I know it's that's, 25, which is that's good not idea. too bad. But you get all kinds of bonuses, and you get uh, 